Welcome everyone to the first ever Crick Talk with Jeb podcast and thank you all for joining me today. We'll be reviewing the entirety of Minor League Cricket 2021. So Minor League Cricket or MILC as it's abbreviated to is a 27 team tournament which took place over the past couple of months. Now though there were some exhibition games which took place last year in 2020 this was really the inaugural season of minor league cricket now milc was divided up into two conferences each conference had two divisions so in the atlantic conference and the pacific conference those were the two conferences in the atlantic conference there were the eastern and southern divisions while in the pacific conference you had the Western and Central Divisions. The top two teams from each division would qualify to go into the conference semis. And then there were the conference finals. And then after that, you would have the grand finale, which is the winners of both the conference finals. So let's start off with the Eastern Division of the Atlantic Conference. This was probably the most competitive division in all of minor league cricket this year. And if we look at the points table in order from first to last, we've got the New Jersey Stallions at the top with 46 points, the Empire State Titans with 42 points, the Philadelphians with 38 and they come in at number three, the Manhattan Yorkers with 34, the DC Hawks with 32 points, The New Jersey Somerset Cavaliers with 30. And then last, you've got the New England Eagles with 22 points. So the top two teams would qualify from each division. So from this division, you had the New Jersey Stallions and the Empire State Titans. Now the Stallions, as I said, they qualified at number one. And the thing about the Stallions is that they did the little things right. Their running between the wickets was probably the best in the Atlantic Conference. And the Stallions, they didn't really have many of those big power hitters besides the likes of Rovman Powell and John Ross Campbell. So a lot of the runs that they got was because of their ability to run between wickets. Their running between wickets was just spot on. You know, that match awareness that they had that, okay, there's an overthrow. Yes, we can get a single here. You know, converting those dots into singles, converting singles into twos. That was really just excellent from the New Jersey Stallions. Another thing about the Stallions is that their bowling was just top-notch. Their line and lengths were spot-on, and they had an excellent fielding unit to back up that bowling. So the Stallions, they're a team which really did those little things right all throughout the tournament. Now, the bench strength for the Stallions was also great. Midway through the season, we saw Dominic Ricky and Jesse Singh had to leave the side to play for the U.S. internationally, and that was in Oman. But yet, the Stallions did well even without these two big players. Dominic Ricky, a star batsman for them. Jesse Singh, their lead bowler. Both of them not in the side and yet Stallions were winning games. Now, the Empire State Titans are the other team which qualified from this division. And they weren't really doing well in the first half of the tournament. But then in the second half, they did really well to come back and qualify. And they were really looking undefeatable in the second half of the tournament. And the thing about the Titans is that they bat very deep and someone nearly always would do well with the bat in that second half of the tournament. If Trevon Griffith didn't perform, then it would be Christopher Barnwell coming in as captain. He would do well. If Barnwell didn't, then it would be Bhaskar Yadram. If Yadram didn't, it would be Naven Stewart and so on. They had so many batsmen in their side. 
Now, the Titans' way of operating was that they would absolutely destroy teams in the death overs. Led by Christopher Barnwell and Bhaskar Yadram as their finishers, they would take apart bowling attacks. And the sixes they hit, they didn't just cross the boundary. They were absolutely massive. And some of the biggest sixes that we've seen in minor league create have been hit by the Empire State Titans. Now, looking at the other teams, they also did well. Most of them were still in contention for a playoff spot when they had just a couple of games left. And we saw some great games of cricket in this division, as we saw throughout the entirety of minor league. And I really feel in this division, the competitiveness, it had to be the most competitive division out of all four of them in minor league cricket. Now let's have a look at the other division in the Atlantic Conference, which is the Southern Division. And the points table, it ended up with the Atlanta Fire at top with 42 points. Below them were the Morseville Cardinals with 28. The Orlando Galaxy tied there for second with 28 points. Cardinals going ahead on net run rate. The Atlanta Paramveers had 22. The Fort Lauderdale Lions had 16. And the Florida Beamers had 12 points. So there were three teams from Florida and two from Atlanta out of the six teams in this division. Now the Atlanta Fire, they did really well and were definitely the standout team in this division. They won 10 out of 14 games, while the Cardinals, who were at second, won 7 out of 14. Corne Dry of Atlanta Fire ended up getting the second most wickets in the entire tournament. And so he bowled really well and he was backed up by some excellent fielding as well. The bowling attack was also great from the Atlanta Fire besides him as well. And the Atlanta Fire, if we look at their strength, it was their batting. And they're a team who have many batsmen who are really aggressive with the bat. You know, they score quickly. And the home ground for Atlanta, it was a really high scoring ground. Many runs were scored there. And so... That really played well with the team's strength. Now, the other team to qualify from the Southern Division were the Morseville Cardinals. And in the Cardinals' side, there was this huge over-reliance on Jaskar and Malotra. When Malotra did well, the Cardinals did well. When Malotra got out early, the Cardinals didn't do well. And that was really the story of the tournament for them when and so when Malotra went to Oman to play for the US internationally, the Cardinals, they got this losing streak. And this was right before the playoffs. Um, with Malotra gone, they weren't really winning games. Now, another thing about the Cardinals is that they made way too many changes in their side. And the changes that they were making didn't really make much sense at all. In the playoffs alone, they made four to five changes. And the thing about the Cardinals was that even with one bad performance, you were benched. And so I think that really isn't good for a team. You know, you shouldn't really be chopping and changing too much, especially in the latter half of a tournament. So some strategies there um, that the Cardinals do need to look at ahead of their next tournament. Overall, they played pretty well, won 7 out of 14 games. Um, and yeah, they ended up qualifying for the playoffs. So a pretty good season for the Morseville Cardinals, but I think there was, there are quite a bit of things that they do need to work on. Now let's move from the East to the West and from the Atlantic Conference to the Pacific Conference, where we have the Western and Central Divisions.
In the Western Division, let's look at the teams on the points table and where they rank. So the Golden State Grizzlies were at number one with 50 points. The Silicon Valley Strikers right behind them at 46 points. Then you had the East Bay Blazers at number three with 38 points. The Seattle Thunderbolts with 30 points. The San Diego Surfriders with 16 points. The SoCal Lashings also at 16 points. And then the Hollywood Master Blasters at 8 points. So the Grizzlies, they were the side which ended up on top. And the thing about this Grizzlies side was that they didn't have this big international player. We look at other teams, you know, um, especially looking at the ones which qualified. For example, the Titans, they had that big player in, um, in Christopher Barnwell. Naven Stewart as well. These guys who've played in so many other leagues um, around the world. You had, in the Stallions, you had Dominic Ricci and Jesse Singh having represented the U.S. Um, in the Morseville Cardinals, you had Jaskar and Malotra. But in this grisly side, there wasn't really that big international player. Now, with the bat, five of their players scored over 200 runs, and three of them made over 80, uh, 380 runs. And those three were actually their top three. So that was Sami Aslam, Hamad Azam, and Zia Mohammed Shazad. So all three of these players were in excellent form throughout the tournament, and they scored their runs at a pretty good pace. Now, in the bowling, Three of their players picked up over 20 wickets. Vatsal Vagela, who had 29 wickets, was actually the leading wicket taker in the entirety of the Pacific Conference. Now, three of the bowlers from the Golden State Grizzlies side actually made it to the top four wicket takers in the Pacific Conference and the top eight in minor league cricket overall. So, with both bat and ball, we can see that many players stepped up for the Golden State Grizzlies in their journey into the playoffs. Now, the other team from the Western Division to qualify were the Silicon Valley Strikers. And they had some big players with the likes of Unmukt Chand, Saurabh Netravalkar and Shehan Jayasurya. Now, Chand was, of course, the captain of the Indian Under-19 team when they won the 2012 Under-19 World Cup. He's also played a few seasons in the IPL. Nitra Valkar is the current captain of the US international team, and he's a fast bowler. And then you have Shehan Jayasurya, who has represented Sri Lanka in international cricket. So quite a few big names in this Silicon Valley striker side. Now, both Chand and Jayasurya scored 500-plus runs in this tournament. Chand, of course, being an opener and Jayasurya coming in at number three. Chand made 612 total runs and he is actually the leading run scorer in all of minor league cricket across both the Atlantic and Pacific Conference. Now, the running between the wickets, I felt, was really just great from the strikers, especially between Rahul Jariwala and Unmuk Chand, who were the two openers. They really put a lot of pressure on the fielders and got a lot of quick runs. Quick runs. They converted those dots into singles. They converted those singles into twos. On the bigger ground, we could see those twos being converted into threes. So really, the pressure that both these openers put onto the fielders to really pick up the ball quickly and get it in, that pressure was just excellent um, to see that they put on. And that pressure also caused the fielders to miss field, which gave them even more runs. So Rahul Jariwala, Unmuk Chand, their running between the wickets was just absolutely top-notch. 
Now in the bowling, the strikers didn't really have one player who took a lot of wickets. It was a true team performance where all of the player, all of the bowlers, were chipping in with wickets. Now let's have a look at the central division, which of course is the other division in the Pacific Conference. Looking at the points table, we've got the Austin Athletics with 50 points, then the Houston Hurricanes at 48 points, so they're closely behind. Both those teams, though, qualified into the playoffs. Then we've got the Michigan Cricket Stars with 44 points, and then there's a big gap to Irvin Mustangs, who have 28 points. Then you've got the Chicago Blasters at 20, St. Louis Americans at 18, and then last position, you've got the Chicago Catchers at 8 points. So the Austin Athletics have finished at number 1, and similar to the Golden State Grizzlies, the Athletics also didn't have that big international player in the side. And they also didn't really over-rely on a couple of batsmen or a couple of bowlers. You know, everyone really performed well. So even if a couple of guys fail, they don't do well, someone would really step up for the Austin Athletics. Now with the bat, Nitesh Kumar and Awais Zia did well, but it's not like they had standout seasons. As I said, basically everyone in the side chipped in and there we saw a lot of 20s, 30s, 40s. Not many batsmen really hit those 50s. And yet the team qualified into the playoffs. So this really does go on to show that it was a true team performance with the bat. Now with the ball, everyone stepped up as well. There were a total of 11 bowlers who were among the wickets. So you could turn basically anywhere in the field and you would find bowling options. And so I think the fact that the Austin Athletics didn't really rely on a couple of players to step up really helped them this season in qualifying for the playoffs. Now the other team from the Central Division to qualify were the Houston Hurricanes. And for them, William Luddick and Sarkleen Hader sorry, start with the bat. Now both these batsmen batted in the middle and lower order. So the Hurricanes were really getting runs throughout the entire batting lineup. Even if the opposition got a couple of wickets early, the Hurricanes would still have quite a bit of batting to come with Luddick and Hader. Now with the ball, Karthik Gatepali did well to pick up 24 wickets. And he ended up with the third most number of wickets in the Pacific Conference, the most for the Houston Hurricanes. And Gatepali, he's actually a spinner, and so he bowled in the middle over. So he got a lot of those middle-order wickets, and with an economy of just 6.1, he really slowed the run rate down. And when you slow that run rate down the middle overs, you know, then and you don't have enough runs, and then you're also getting wickets, as Gatepali did, teams don't really have a good base to finish off of and to score runs in the death overs. Now, let's move into the playoffs. So, the team at number one in the Eastern Division would play the second team and the team at number two in the Southern Division, while the team at number one in the Southern Division would be up against the second team in the Eastern Division. And the same would happen with in the Pacific Conference with the Western and Central Divisions. And these games it would be played in a best-of-three-die format, so 
even if your team loses one game, they don't do well, they have a bad game, they still can come back by winning the other two games and advancing on to the next round. Now, the third game would only be played if it is needed. So there would be two games played on Saturday, and then if the third is needed, it would be played on Sunday. Now, the winners in the Atlantic Conference would play against each other in the conference finals, and the same would happen for the Pacific Conference as well. The two winners in the Pacific Conference would play against each other in their conference finals, and then the winners of each conference finals would play up against each other in the grand finale of minor league cricket. So in the Atlantic Conference, the New Jersey Stallions were taking on the Morrisville Cardinals and the Empire State Titans were taking on the Atlanta Fire. In the Pacific Conference, the Silicon Valley Strikers were up against the Austin Athletics while the Golden State Grizzlies were facing the Houston Hurricanes. Now the Stallions ended up beating the Cardinals in the first two games and so there was no need for that third game. While the game between the Titans and the Fire, those games came much closer as the third game it was needed. The Titans ended up winning that third game and they ended up making it to the conference finals to face off up against the New Jersey Stallions. In the Pacific Conference, the Grizzlies beat the Hurricanes in the first two games and they advanced to the conference finals without the need of the third game. In the other semifinals between the Strikers and the Athletics, both won a game each, and then the Strikers won the third game to go into the next round. Unmukt Chand hit a century in that third game, which was a 132 not out from 69 deliveries, and this knock included 15 fours and 7 sixes. So now let's look at the conference finals. So let's start off with the Atlantic Conference Finals. So it was the New Jersey Stallions up against the Empire State Titans. And this proved to be a low-scoring encounter, which was eventually won by the team from New Jersey. So the New Jersey Stallions, they ended up making their way into the grand finale of minor league cricket after a five-wicket win against the Titans. Now, the man of the match was Rovman Powell, who scored 30 and took the big wicket of Christopher Barnwell, the captain, of course, of the Empire State Titans. Now, if we were to look at the extras in this conference finals, then we could see the more disciplined team with the ball was the one which ended up on top. Now, of course, both the Titans and Stallions have excellent bowling attacks. But on this occasion, on this day, the Stallions, they did much better. They just bowled nine extras while the Titans bowled 17. So the Stallions, they were disciplined. They were much more disciplined than the Titans with their bowling. And they ended up winning the game. Now, in the Pacific Conference, the Silicon Valley Strikers were up against the Golden State Grizzlies. And the Strikers and Grizzlies, they'd taken on each other twice before. This was in, during the league stage. And the Strikers had defeated the Grizzlies on both the occasions. Now, the Silicon Valley Strikers, they won this conference finals as well by 33 runs. Unmuk Chand was awarded yet another Man of the Match award, this time for his 59. And so now we would be in the grand finale with the New Jersey Stallions taking on the Silicon Valley Strikers. And the winner of that game would be crowned the national champion. So in the finals, the Stallions, they won the toss and decided to bat first. And at one point, they were 89 for one. So they were looking really good. And then they ended up collapsing 
to 112 for 8. So a massive collapse there. But with some fight back from the lower order, the Stallions ended up getting to 141. Now looking at the conditions and the start that the Stallions had gotten, they were definitely about 20 runs short. So now the Strikers, they needed 142 runs to be crowned the national champions. Now, they also were in a bit of trouble inside the power play. They lost their top three, including that big wicket of Unmuk Chand. But then Narsing Dionarayan hit a 52 not out and Roshan Primus remained unbeaten on 31 to help the Silicon Valley strikers across, across the line. Now, Dion Ryan was given the Man of the Match award for his match-winning half-century. And the Silicon Valley Strikers, of course, were given that title of the national champions. And they won the inaugural season of minor league cricket. Hamad Azam was awarded the Man of the Match, uh, the Man of the Series award, sorry, by MILC, MILC. So he was given that MVP award. And I feel there were four players, really, who were in contention for that award. So you had Unmukt Chand, Hamad Azam, of course. You had Christopher Barnwell and then Trevon Griffith. Now, Chand, he scored a lot of runs at a great average, but his strike rate really wasn't the best. Unmukt Chand, of course, was the leading run scorer in this edition of minor league cricket. But I don't think that his strike rate was really too good and so that's why I don't feel he should he should be getting the MVP. Now Griffith was also really impressive. His average and strike rate were lower than the other three but he was consistent with the bat and was the top run scorer in the Atlantic Conference. He also did well with the ball. 14 wickets at an economy of 5.8. Now Barnwell and Azam they have had a, they've had a much better strike rate at a similar average. So Azam has a strike rate of 184.3, while Barnwell's is 151.49. But Barnwell, if we look at him, he scored a significant more number of runs than Hamad Azam. Barnwell's got 559 runs under his belt, while Azam just scored the 411. Both of them also bowled. They took wickets in the bowling. Azam had 12 wickets at an economy of 5.8, while Barnwell had taken 15 wickets at an economy of 6.6. So the bowling doesn't really have too much of a difference. So let's go back to looking at their batting. So in the strike rate, if we were to see Azam's strike rate 184.3, Barnwell's is 151.49. If they were to both hit 50s at that strike rate that they had throughout the tournament, then Barnwell would make 50 from 33 balls. Well, Azam would be 50 from 27 balls. So just six balls, the difference. So the strike rate isn't really making too big of a difference. And also the fact that I feel the competition was much higher in the Eastern Division. Now, of course, the minor league created, it was a very competitive tournament. But I feel if I had to pick one division, which was the most competitive, then it would have to be the Eastern Division. And so I feel... The conditions Barnwell played in, the match situations and all, and the competition he had there, I feel he probably should have been awarded the MVP award because he scored so many runs at a great average in strike rate, and he scored them in tough conditions, in tougher conditions, sorry, than Hamad Azam. So thank you all for joining me today in the first ever Crick Talk with Jay podcast. I hope you all enjoyed, and have a great rest of your day.